Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast. We're excited to share this midweek conversation with you as T. Hamilton sits down with Pastor Jerry Hendricks. If you would like to subscribe, find us on iTunes or go to fbcsweetwater.org. Hello and welcome to our bonus episode of our podcast. I'm Jerry Hendricks and I'm sitting here with my good friend, T. Hamilton. T. Hamilton. We're dressed alike. We're ready for Twin Day. Uh, I don't know why today's green. <laughs> they don't even know if we're telling the truth on that. That's okay. Check in later and uh, we can verify. Glad you guys are here. We have a special uh, bonus episode this week. We're talking to Cole and Caitlin Rhodes. Uh, they have been with us for <laughs> about a week. There you go. <laughs> and uh, have been uh, or been busy with us this week uh, by leading worship on Sunday and presenting some of their mission story on Sunday night. So welcome, guys. Yeah, thanks. thanks. We're glad to be here. Yeah. We're, we're glad to have you all here early on uh, this morning, but uh, nonetheless, we're anxious to hear your story. We were going to start with just kind of your upbringing here uh, in Sweetwater and uh, your involvement in the church. Yeah, I grew up here my whole life through children's ministry and then youth ministry and all the way through, so it was awesome. Yeah, kind of same story. Was grew up here and was involved in youth and like that. New Teak whenever he got here, so yeah, it's cool to come back and and see see him still here serving and be a part of this. So. Well, one of the stories for us as a church has been to welcome. Uh, you guys back in that process, in this process that you've been through, but also it's something that we're trying to do a better job of acknowledging those people that God calls out from this church to serve in other places. Uh, And we have several folks that uh, have come through here that are on staff in other churches, uh, or some are still on the mission field. And so uh, we've looked forward to you guys being back with us and sharing with us in a variety of ways. And of course, this podcast is uh, one of those. So Anyways, glad you guys are here this morning. Thanks. Yeah. It's been sweet to be back in our home church. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the things I wanted to start with is as you guys uh, began to, uh, you grew up together, uh, went to college at Dallas Baptist, and then uh, got married and went on the mission field. So walk us through that process of discovering uh, and deciding to make that uh decision and answer that call to go on the mission field right yeah and I'm so glad it's a little bit of time to share this because Sunday I was not but basically in between ages like 18 through 23 God really started doing something in in my heart and in my life and kind of nuanced it as I figured out what that was but basically it kind of came into the question that I posed Sunday like what would it look like in your life if you were to live like you really believe the gospel is true and it just kept kept coming back and so I began to try to orient my life around like okay what what does that look like what does it look like to to know to, to live the gospel know wow this is what the Lord has done for me this is good news what does it look like for me to, to share that to tell people and and so that was what God was kind of doing in my heart and, and sort of kind of compelling me to sort of open up my hands and say okay where where would you have me go and what would you say Katie? Yeah, it definitely started here. I look back and can see it even in my time in children's ministry and youth mission trips where the Lord was just really starting to break my heart for the nations. But then really in college for both of us working with international students, going on some overseas mission trips there. It's where he kind of 
first planted that desire to go. So we got married knowing, okay, maybe eventually we'll go live overseas. And then you finished with your master's and we've really just kind of said, Lord, where do you want us to go? Does that look like overseas or does that look like serving in the church? And eventually he made it very clear it was East Asia. So. And that was not an easy process. Would no. make it sound was yeah. so smooth. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Talk to me about just the emotion of of signing off on that, knowing that that decision had been made, and that's what you're getting ready to do. And then you're going to call your parents and say, "Hey, guess what? We're going to be gone for two years, and we're going across the country, across the world." Yeah. Um, especially with East Asia, I had been to our country one time before in college and had said I would never go back. Oh, I haven't heard that part <laughs> so of the story. So whenever we went through the process of figuring out where we were going to be, it really, it was difficult, but it was just made so clear by by God. Some, probably the most clear time that he's ever spoken to me directly was like, this is where you're supposed to be and even our specific job. But I remember we were flying home and calling my mom and telling her about it. And it was hard, even yeah. though they're supportive. It's just hard knowing you're going to have to say goodbye. And homesickness was definitely something I dealt with our entire time there. So. Yeah, and I, and I had this nervousness. I think you remember, Caitlin, like I was feeling that way. Like this is where, you know, he's leading. But you had said that never again. And so I was like, mm-hmm. Lord, are you sure? Like, <laughs> You know, and our families, as I said, they're, they're, are you sure it's not Canada or Mexico or something like that? You know? yeah. <laughs> I can remember the comment or commenting uh, to Glenn uh, at some point or another that about how fast two years goes by. Mm-hmm. He didn't agree. <laughs> and this, was, this was well in, I mean, just barely in, I guess, to uh, the start of the time there. But uh, share with us just some of, I guess, the, as you encountered your, and started your time over there, what were some of the challenges, uh, early challenges that you faced in, in getting acclimated and starting a ministry? I think you hear this all the time. People say it all the time. But there's just something about a language. That you, you feel like a child again. You know, you're, you're two. And like when you're ordering food, you can't, you're like, eh, that, that. Like that's the equivalent of what we can say, that. You know, well, what? You know, and you got to go over to the wall and point it out. I mean, things, the simplest daily task, you know, and, and we're looking at, we can't do this simple task. And we're talking about coming in to share the gospel and start Bibles. Like, how can we do that? And that was an aspect for me that was humbling and challenging. I was like, Lord, what are we doing? Like, we can't even order food we can't even tell a taxi where we want to go in the beginning you know and so what would you say yeah i think for me we got there october 2016 so really quickly we were going into holiday season like november december and that was one of the harder times for me was being away from family but it was also really cool to see how we got to use those holiday seasons um there is a really big ministry um, to be able to tell them why we celebrate Thanksgiving, why we're thankful, why we celebrate Christmas. So be able to be far away, and that was hard, but also just to use that as an amazing opportunity was challenging but neat. So y'all got acclimated rather quickly, I suppose. I think it was pretty yeah. fast. Some yeah. things were, yeah. Mm-hmm. Others were, I mean, I would say um, we got in our routine because we just had to go. 
you know, getting on an electric bike and flying through the city with 7 million people, that, as much as we didn't like that idea, that became a norm. Like, okay, this is what we do to get from point A to point B, things like that. And we had a lot of help. Our supervisors were amazing, as well as the couple that was in our position before us was talking through us to us throughout the time, and they were really helpful, as well as, I think I mentioned on Sunday, the brothers and sisters, the locals, sure. were just really, even though there was struggles with language and getting to know the culture, yeah. they just took us in, they're super hospitable culture as a whole, so mm-hmm. we felt very welcomed, and that's a big part of being acclimated. So. At what point, or maybe how far into your time there, did you feel like, okay, now I'm, I'm kind of getting it. I'm kind of, things are taking hold uh, in, in as far as feeling more comfortable rather than just feeling like a tourist. Yeah, I remember specifically that September. The, so we had been there not quite a year, but we were going into our second fall semester. And so it kind of felt like, okay, we've done this once before. Okay, look where we were a year ago. We've come so far. We know how to order food. We know how to get around the city. So that, for me, I remember just feeling like really excited because it was like, okay, now I know how to do this and I'm excited to do ministry in this way. So, Yeah, I agree with that. I remember that time. and I think another piece is, and we're working on language, I think the first time we were praying at our little house church, and as another brother was praying, I could understand a little bit of what he was saying and was able to just kind of like, mm, you know, that sweetness of hearing the truth in a prayer. And, you know, that, that was one of the moments for me. It was like, I think I think we can do this. Like, I, I think we're going to be all right. <laughs> a year in. Yeah, a year okay. in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, head of the water. <laughs> just keep paddling. <laughs> the, what was the one of the early... Uh, points uh, in your time there where you where you fit, first began to sense uh, a win in the experience that you know things were really maybe your first indication that some good things were about to happen oh, that's a hard question um, I think you know that we were going into our first summer and Cole specifically had been working with our house church a lot about um, them going into different parts of our country to focus on unreached people groups. And so we got to actually take some of our local believers and teach them how to kind of do ministry in a different part of their country. And so I think that was really exciting and really neat because it was something we had been looking forward to and then to see it actually come and for them to focus in on what we had been teaching and begin to live that out in our city and in other places in the country, that was an exciting thing that we got to see come. That's right. I I think for me, the January after we had gotten there, so that's 2017, we had decided we want to go to this house church every week. That's something that other missionaries in the area had not done. It's it's not normal to go every week, but we thought we're going to be involved. I'm going to be teaching. She's going to be encouraging these these, uh, young women. And so that's what we did, and we started seeing the fruit of that, of our commitment to them, because relationship is so key for them. What we spoke by just coming every week, even though a lot of it we couldn't understand, you know, by just being there, we started having some traction with relationships, especially with those who could speak English somewhat well. Hmm. Um, 
and it was just beautiful. It's like we were able to form community, you know, through just that gesture of we really care about you guys. We know we don't understand what you're saying, but we want to just give this gesture. We, and so I started seeing like brothers' relationships get closer. I saw her with the girls. When we would walk in, they would come and, you know, hug Katie. The guys would begin to greet me. And so that, that was for me is like this is traction. This is one of the big reasons we're here is to encourage this, this church, this body of people. Well, I know in you know, starting a ministry, it seems like it uh, takes longer to develop those layers of friendships and knowing that you only had two years uh, max right. uh, for that to develop and to initiate ministry. Uh, that's, I, that's why I was curious about that as far right. as how early those things were being able to be indicated while you were there. That's right. interesting. So as, as ministry began to, to begin to take shape and you began to see what you're going to be doing, uh, what are some of the, the things that y'all were doing that you look back on and say, these are the things that were most fruitful and most uh, gratifying in our experience, in your experience? I think one of the things that we did as we were going through the book of Acts, we were casting vision about what does this look like? What does this look like to live this out? Very practically, what we did is every other week would either be going on to a local campus to just share, try to meet people. The other week, we would just share a meal together. So it's one week, very intentional going out. The other week is breaking bread together. Kind of as much as I could think of, how to, as we could think of, how do you live out Acts 2, 42, you know? Um, and that's what we did. And that's whenever they were like, I could see the lights turn on with them. The lights were turned on with us. We're like, I think this is it. I think this is a good thing for us to do. Uh, that was it for me. Yeah, I think we kind of had two different ministries during our time there. One was house church and one was English Corner, more just straight outreach to the university campuses. And I think with the university side of things, around our second year, we started to do more life on life was what we were focused on. So just spending a lot more time with those non-believing friends that we had made means like we were playing basketball with the or I was watching the, <laughs> I was curious about Cole's skills here yeah. I mean not just yours but don't let her hide for I was you say, I, have yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I was watching from the sidelines but things just more like going to some of their events on campus and just really taking more time to build that relationship just was really fruitful and I think that is just part of learning to love them well and be a part of their life was it was kind of a game changer I'd say in our university ministry well we do a lot you know that's interesting because that's youth ministry we you do a lot of that as far as life on life and investing in them I watch basketball from the sidelines also (laughs) you don't go out and play don't let my height fool you I have no skills I'm still young I don't have that wisdom I just walk out sometimes I'm like get back <laughs> but you you forget sometimes how that that we do those things for a reason, mm-hmm. and you know it's, we're so used to it here in a church culture and youth ministry culture. But that it is there are deep rewards. I was even you know, talking about meals, going back to my church planting days. That I think there's where I learned the significance of a meal. I mean, we we joke about it in in a tr- more traditional church about you know us always eating, always having meals, but. <laughs> Uh, it really, there really is more to that, and uh, particularly when you're trying to develop relationships, 
gospel-centered relationships with people who don't know Christ. So uh, that's a cool story. I appreciate you sharing that. Anything else you'd add to that, Cole? Yeah, I just, I'm glad that Caitlin said that about about Life Home Life, and I, I resonate with that. I was like, this is what I learned in ministry. This is what I knew. And kind of seeing it put together, you know, with real people that we love and real relationships was just, yeah, so valuable. <laughs> well, uh, I was curious. This this one maybe hopefully is a little more difficult, but I'm 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 curious about the time, or if was there a moment uh, towards the end of this tenure where you began to realize that you're leaving, mm-hmm. and it yanks at your heart. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it still does. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting your reaction there. I feel, I'm getting emotional. We're crying. We've got to cut this part out. Yeah, we're up there. I wasn't expecting I got a little emotional even thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Asking it. Yeah. Um, definitely in our last two months, just the reality of like, we, in Asia, you're God on the street and you're surrounded by crowds and you're surrounded by thousands of people just on a regular basis and just the reality of how dark that place is and knowing the percentages that most of those people still don't know the gospel. I mean, literally, that's still mind-blowing to me that a lot of them don't know the name of Jesus. And yeah. so to it really came down to trusting the Lord. I knew that he was calling us back here, but that was hard to say goodbye and to leave a place that is still in, in great need and needs more people to work there and to, to share the gospel. So, Yeah, I, I wish that mine would have happened in a, in a more lonely setting, but it happened in my last teaching, you know. I, I'm, and I'm looking out at them. We're, we're closing. I'm giving them kind of a final encouragement. We're looking at, we're out of Acts 20. Paul, when he's having his last time with the Ephesian elders, and they say that they're crying there. And so they know, oh, yeah, something's coming. And we're going from a passage that talks about crying. And I just lost it. And I said, uh, this is for, I said the Chinese word, jashinla, you know, which means cut to the heart, as I kind of started tearing up. And they, they burst in laughter because they didn't know I knew how to say that. And, you know, it just I was looking at people that I've just loved, and they've loved us probably even better, mm-hmm. and thought, wow, what an amazing experience. And we have to leave them. They're going to be all right. And the Lord is with them. That The Lord did the work, but that was it for me, unfortunately, in front of all of them, you know. But <laughs> it was still, it was still um, good. It was <laughs> yeah. Well, you've turned a corner. Uh, you're back here in the States with us uh, in Sweetwater, hanging out with family and, and making some road trips. And you're focused on a new ministry. So tell us about what you're going to be doing next. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, basically, uh, long story short, is uh, I'm ended up, we're going to end up in Flower Mound First Baptist. Uh, I have a real interesting connection to the pastor there. He's actually in, in Jerry's college ministry back in the day. Uh, brings back some memories, I'm sure, for Jerry. Shout out to D-Train. <laughs> yeah, D-Train, right now. Donald the pastor. You're going to get me in trouble. I, I brought it up to him, and I could tell he thought it was funny, but I was like, I think that was the one time I'm going to bring that up. <laughs> well, at least for now. But anyway, yeah, I'm going to be serving as associate pastor over students and worship there. Really excited. Those are two passions that I have, and they're kind of, coming together and so I'm, I'm excited about that and 
Yeah, Gail, tell them what you're doing. I'm excited about what you're doing too. I'm continuing to work for International Mission Board focused on students in the Dallas area, high school and college students and a little bit out of college all the way to age 29 and helping them go like we did two years or six months, one summer, one semester, things like that. So I'm excited about that and helping students know the need and help them go and prepare for that that adventure that it is and what so. you also said is what she's getting to do now what i'm getting to do is almost exactly what we were praying for because we we're like or we're leaving something that we were so convinced of to go to and like but we know you're you know what do you have and so i'm, I'm excited for both of us but yeah for caitlin it was so much of what we were praying for her to be able to do mm-hmm. and so it's just really cool how that worked mm-hmm. out well, cool. Well, we've definitely enjoyed your extended stay uh, on your return, and I have, and the opportunities we've had to yeah. uh, to visit and then have you present uh, to different groups. We'd remind uh, uh, folks to check our show notes. Uh, we'll have Cole's message from Sunday uh, posted there if you haven't, haven't already viewed that. And then um, also uh, just be sure and follow them at uh, Flower Mound Baptist Church and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, look forward to hearing more good things about their life and career. I just want to say one of the highlights of our time in between was our first Sunday back here at First Baptist. It was just incredible, first of all, to be able to be a part of corporate worship and Mm -hmm. hear from the Word, but also just the love and welcome that we felt back. So we're really thankful for this body of believers. Yeah, absolutely. That's good to hear. I mean, we... We it's uh, as we've grown a little bit, it's hard to to measure that culture sometimes. I know our Wednesday night prayer group uh, prayed for you frequently and uh, talked about the updates that we were all receiving from you guys. And so, making sure that the everyone in the room knew uh, kind of what what y'all were thinking and feeling and praying about. So, anyways. Uh, Welcome back, and uh, we're sort of sending you off again in this fashion. <laughs> Hello, goodbye. And, yeah, I think I uh, hope uh, things go well and look forward to hearing more good stories. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thanks for having us here today. Teak, it's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, too. It's been a good podcast. I thank you for uh, bringing us in and sending us out. All right, see you.